Hi, good evening. I don't know everyone here, but um, I know a lot of you, which is nice. And you guys, you're my family, so you can look at my rear end for the rest of the evening. Um, but my name is John. I am a, I'm a pastor locally here. I'm director of a, a ministry called The Lampstand. And I used to actually serve over at Grace Tabernacle in Wildwood uh, with Pastor Terry and Kathy. And we had some crazy fun times over there and, and good times. And I'm really excited about what God is doing here at Reclaimed. Um, it's kind of a big deal. So the fact that you're here and you're a part of this, don't take that lightly. Um, I love the fact that there is a there's a pure, just innocence and freshness that's here that you don't want to lose. Don't ever get caught up in trying to start looking like the next thing, or that's not important. And I know the leadership here is, they're really like, we don't care about that either. What they love is they love the fact that they can just be normal people that love Jesus and get you closer and closer connected with a living God. And what's really cool is I have this humbled moment here because I've been asked to come and share. And I was talking with Pastor Corey, and I'm like, so what do you want me to talk about? Like, I can talk about all kinds of stuff. And he's like, well, I don't know. What do you want to talk about? And then I said, well, I was thinking about this. And he's like, that's perfect. Go that direction. I said, okay. Um, and it's funny because it's something that you would think we could all take simply and think, oh, yeah, we understand. But I don't know if we do. And it's basically the message title would be Hearing God's Voice. And I think how we hear God and how God speaks to us, sometimes we try to make it a little bit crazier than what it is. I think sometimes we make it like this huge, like we're expecting this boom in the sky and the light to appear and an angel to always appear and say, hello. And you're like screaming and like, oh my goodness. He doesn't usually do that. Um, that's a very rare situation. So when God speaks to us, there's a lot of different ways he does it. But before I get into some of those things and how God speaks to us, I want to make sure that we understand some practical things. So hopefully you're okay with that. And I like interaction, and I like you to be alive. So if you look like, oh my gosh, I want this guy to be quiet and go home, I will. I'll just, I'll stop because I don't want to bore you, and I don't want to do that to you, but I want you to have a good time, and I want you just to relax and go, okay, we're going to learn something tonight, and we're going to see what God wants to do, because I love the adventure that we are on with God, and we're all on it. But um, first things first, it's important that you, um, if you want to hear God's voice, not that he doesn't speak to people that aren't his sheep, but it's really important that you understand that you're a believer, that you've confessed yourself as his that you say, Jesus, I give you my life, and I choose to follow you. I am one of yours. That is key. If you have not done that with God, it's a little, little difficult to hear his voice because he's not really your shepherd yet, and it makes it a little more complicated. So it's really important that you get some of those basics out of the way that, one, you can call it you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus, whatever you call it, but you have given your life to him, that he has just made you new and that you are now his. And that's really important. Now, keep this in mind, it doesn't mean that you're going to be perfect. We all understand this, right? Because a lot of people think that, oh, man, that person hears from God. Look at that. He must be so perfect and holy. That is not the case. So many times we can look throughout Scripture where God uses people that are a complete hot mess, and that's actually how he works. He uses people that are a hot mess all the time. So my question for you is, how many of you have been watching the Chosen series? Anybody here? Raise your hand. Okay, if you haven't watched this, this show, I'm actually falling in love with Jesus all over again. This show is incredible. And they have two seasons. The second season isn't done yet. They're kind of going through it right now. But as you watch it, you, it gives Jesus, I hate to say this, but it gives him a personality. Because the church has given him kind of a, a strange personality sometimes. But it gives him a real face, a real personality. You start to really see him. And it's really super cool, so I would encourage you to see it. But I'm going to read some scripture verses. John 10, 14 says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my own sheep, and they know me. So God's really big into the shepherd and sheep thing. I don't know. This is just the way he does it. He appears to shepherds. On, on the scene, the angels appear, and they're like, Jesus is being born. I mean, this is, it's a constant. David, you know, out in the field, it's always the shepherd. And um, he's big into that. But he also knows who we are as sheep. And then John 10, 26 through 28 says, But you don't believe me because you are not my sheep. 
My sheep listen to my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one can snatch them away from me. So keep that in mind. When you're his, no one's going to snatch you away from him. When you are his, you are his. When you screw up, you're his. A lot of times we can't hear the voice of God because the voice of our own condemnation is drowning it out. Our, our understanding of we're not good enough or we know how much we screw up it kind of makes it really difficult to think that God of all creation is communicating with us. But throughout history and all of time, he has chosen messed up, broken people to communicate and have relationship with, okay? So keep in mind, no one in here is perfect. We're all on the same page. We pretty much stink a lot of the times and we mess up. That is the journey that you're on with God. And he's not surprised by it, and he's not appalled by it, and he's not angry with you. Imagine God not being angry with you. We've been so tripped up by what church sometimes has taught us, which is he's angry with you, you messed up, you're not good enough. That is not Jesus. That is not what he's done, okay? Jesus changed the whole game, and I just want you to know he's talking to you even in your darkest moments, even in your intentional rebellion. A lot of you guys are like, man, I just, I fell into sin. You know what? Just own it. You sinned. You sinned because you wanted to. You sinned because you liked it. It's okay. He knows that. Let's not be all pretty about it. You made a mistake and you did something stupid. Guess what? If we say we fell into it, it was like a trip, you know, I stumbled. If we say that, it takes responsibility off of the fact that we made a bad choice. And God wants us to be honest. Just be honest. I made a bad choice. I'm just, I just have this appetite for something really dumb and I shouldn't and I did it. That's okay. Be honest with him. He's not worried about that. Don't fool yourself. Be very true with him. And he'll, he'll communicate back with you. And then I love John 10, 3 through 4. It says, the gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And after he's gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. Now keep in mind, all of these scriptures I'm reading have different contexts all throughout, but I'm giving you examples of where he talks about his voice and that sheep recognize his voice, okay? We understand a lot of times he's talking to the Pharisees and rebellious Israel and all these different times, but the same goes for us today. He's still talking with us, okay? So what else did Jesus do to help us with his communication, understanding this? He died for the sheep. This is a big deal. So it says in John 10, 10 through 11, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd, he lays down his life for the sheep. And John 10, 15 says, just as my father knows me and I know the father, so I sacrifice my life for the sheep. I think a lot of times we forget the reality that Jesus is really into us. He likes us a lot. And the fact is he loves us so much. And his death is nothing more than just the, I'm telling you, I love you. And there's so much more. And um, it's funny because I got into this study a while back, and some of you guys have heard me share a little bit of this, but we love the, um, the song that talks about leaving the 99 and going after the one. You know, the sheep, there's 99 sheep, and if the shepherd's there, and in the Chosen series, that was actually one of the things that just came up. But there's, these, there's 99 sheep, and one goes astray, and Jesus goes after that, that one. And I love the story that he always goes after the one. But I also, there's this kind of funny thing that happens. It's like, well, what about the 99? Because if he's going after the one, the 99 are still sitting there without the shepherd. Now he's left 99 sheep vulnerable. Okay, that's how we, we look at it from a twisted side. We're like, wait a minute, what about those sheep, you know? And sometimes, you know, when we, when we look at it from that perspective, we go, well, what about the wolves? Now, keep in mind, wolves, we talk about wolves always trying to attack the sheep. Do you know generally the only time you see sheep getting attacked by a wolf is when the shepherd's not around? See, wolves are actually instinctually terrified of people. That's why if you go out into the wild, people are always trying to capture a glimpse of a wolf and take pictures because they don't want to be seen and they don't want to be around humans. So if you think about this, we get always so caught up in the wolf in sheep's clothing coming in. The truth is a wolf in sheep's clothing doesn't have much place when there's a good shepherd. 
Does that make sense? So when there's a good shepherd, whether it's the pastor of a church, whether it's just talking about the good shepherd, when there's a shepherd there, the wolf in sheep's clothing is pretty much terrified and not wanting to be there. Um, in the church, we actually have more of an issue of goats being among the sheep than sheep and wolves. So that's a whole other message. But the whole thing that's so important here is when he goes after the one, why? Well, I'm not trying to call us negative terms, but sometimes sheep are stupid. How many of you all felt that way sometimes? Like, you know, I'm just, I'm dumb sometimes. I'm just being honest. I'm like the king of it. So that one sheep that goes astray, there's a danger. He is actually not just loving the one. He's loving the 99 as he chases the one because sheep follow one another. So when one goes off, another one will begin to follow. And then another one begins to follow. And next thing you know, the 99 are in danger. So the shepherd knows, I better take care of the one because I love the 99 and the one, and I have to make sure to keep them safe. They actually have a thing called, um, it's like a Judas goat. It's a thing they do where uh, if they have a bunch of sheep and they're getting ready to take them in and slaughter them and all these things they do, they will actually take a goat, put it among a big herd of sheep, and they call it a Judas goat. And they put that goat right among the sheep to interact and hang out with the sheep for a while. Then when it's time, this goat is trained by that shepherd, and the shepherd gives a call, and the goat starts walking toward where the sheep need to go, where they're actually going to be led to eventually be slaughtered. And they all start following the goat as if the goat is one of them. See, that is what happens a lot of time in many of the churches. There's one person among the sheep that's really a goat, and they go this way, and they all start following and we get into all these different theologies, what we think, how we think, what's this, what's that. The truth is, is sheep need a shepherd. We need human interaction in the sense of we need a shepherd to take care of us. And that's who Jesus is. So he's a good shepherd. And when we are his and he is ours, now we can get into the discussion of how does he talk to us. Okay, so does that make sense? Just some like groundwork, simple basics. I know most of you are like, I know all this. But it's good because I remind myself as well. So how does God speak to us? So how does God speak to you guys? Feedback time. Does God speak to you? How does God speak to you primarily? Is there like a certain way that you know this is God? Is there, what about you? Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> Hello. Okay, so dreams, there's different feelings, things that'll hit you. Anybody else? How does God speak to you? Movies. Movies. He'll do that, won't he? I'm telling you, and you're like, oh, you're sitting there crying during this like intense Marvel scene, and you're like, why am I crying? It's because God's talking to you. I know. I agree. It's real. It's very real. What else? Anybody else have a way? Nature. Yeah. Being out in nature, God talks to you and just speaks to you. Sure. There's a lot of ways that God will talk to you, but are we hearing his voice is the question. And so here's what I want to challenge you with. So there's, first of all, the word. The word of God is one of the probably most important, greatest understandings that that's how he speaks to us is through his word, okay? Not just the Bible as we read it. There's different things with word. There's logos, which is the written word of God. That's what they call the written word. And then there's the rhema word, which is basically the spoken word of God. So there's a lot of different things, but the word of God is really important. You're like, well, does the Bible, he talks to us. But if you don't know who God is, if you don't know his nature, his character, how he feels, how he thinks about us, what he's doing and directing us, when all of a sudden you get a thought, you have no idea whether that would be God or not God because you don't know him. So it's very important that you have a foundation with God. And again, I have a friend that said, the Bible is not boring, we are boring. Okay? And the truth is the Bible is not boring, but how we handle the Bible is very boring. A lot of us don't know how to read the Bible. Just being honest. We kind of go, okay, today, God, I'm going to start here. And that's, that's okay. You're, you're trying. That's good. But I want to encourage you. Sometimes you, you might need to get on a, a reading schedule. Maybe there's a devotion. Maybe there's something. Try different things. Um, I'm one of those people that love to do topical studies. I just like to have a question and then go boom, and I just go all throughout the Bible and just go crazy. I like that. Um, I'm not the guy who reads the Bible from beginning to end throughout the whole year, which is fantastic. But me, I'm a horrible reader. I, am, I just hate reading, and, which is terrible. You shouldn't hate reading, but I just hate reading. I'm the worst. If there's a new book out that's incredible, like, and people are like, this book is changing my life. Literally, I need it on audio. And if not, my wife will read the book to me. 
I'm just being honest. I'm a terrible reader. So for me, the only thing I actually really get into reading is the Bible because that's about all I can handle. I'm just being honest. I get text messages sometimes that are like three pages long, and it'll be sent to me and my wife, and I go, what was it about? I don't want to read this. This is way too much information. I'm, so I'm more of a communicator and audible learner and hands-on. Somebody will say, you know, do this. And I'm, if they show me, I'm like, okay, I can do that. That's just how I learn. So everybody learns different. So don't, you know, be too hard on yourself when you're trying to sit here and all of these words, you're like, oh my gosh. It's okay. Find out a way to read and get into the Bible that comes alive to you. And don't think it has to look a certain way only, okay? But definitely get in the Word. Even an audible Bible is good. So getting in the Word of God. Now, there's other ways that God talks to us, and this is where it gets kind of fun, and I'll talk about this. It's our five senses, okay? So we know our five senses, right? We have sight, we have hearing, we have smelling, we have taste and touch. Now, some of you are like, why is God talking to me through my nose? What are you talking about? This is weird. So I'm going to give you some stories and some things that have happened for me, because Corey said, please share some stories to encourage people's faith. And I'm going to try to share ones that are the most appropriate. Um, so I, I had some things that have occurred. And one time I was sitting in a service, and this is a true story, and I was sitting in a service, and there was a guest pastor that was preaching at the church. As the guest pastor is preaching, and this is the first time this ever happened to me, he would, I was about like from me to over where Terry and Kathy are, and he, he walked by, and he's up higher, so I mean, I can't smell his cologne, I can't smell his breath, so obviously, I don't, I'm not a dog, but he's walking <laughs> on the stage back and forth, and as he walks past me, every time he paces past me, I get this strong odor of alcohol, and I'm like... That's weird. Okay. And I'm, now I start like thinking twice. So then he passes by again and I smell it again. Now, I'm not here telling you drinking's bad or drinking. I'm not getting into that. What I'm telling you is I'm smelling alcohol from a preacher that's walking past me. That's all I'm telling you. And I'm like, what do I do with this? And all of a sudden, because I'm a skeptic to the core sometimes, I mean, I, I'm, I doubt so much. It's, it's so difficult because I want to have great faith, but I'm always questioning everything. So he walks past like a third time, and I smell it again. So now I start being awkward. And this particular Sunday, I'm not sitting by people I know. I just grabbed a seat, and people sat around me, and I was kind of stuck. I'm like, okay. So I start sniffing random people next to me. <laughs> because I'm wondering, is this, is this somebody next to me that maybe just drank too much the night before, you know, at a party, and they came to church, and I don't want to be weird. I was, but now I'm like, <laughs> and so the guy next to me is like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, I was sniffing you. He goes, why are you sniffing me? I said, because I keep smelling something, but it's not you. He goes, he, and he literally he smells his armpits. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what it is. Don't worry about it. I'm so sorry. So the preacher keeps preaching. So I'm like, what in the world? Well, as he passes by one more time, I said, Lord, I feel so embarrassed right now. What are you telling me? Are you talking to me? And right in that moment, the Lord speaks to me and tells me that the pastor that is actually up there ministering is dealing with a strong spirit of addiction. And it's not just alcohol, it's other things. And he goes in very great detail and I go, oh, okay. So I'm like, well, God, I'll pray for him. I thought we can just leave that alone because nobody wants to do anything with that. That's awkward. He's the guest pastor preaching in our church. And so service is getting ready to conclude. He gives an altar call and people are coming forward and he's praying for people and the Lord's like, go up in the altar. And I'm like, no. And my, I literally, the Lord gets my attention sometimes where I'll either start weeping or I physically get sick because I'm being so resistant that I just can't take it. And I'm like, okay, fine. So I walk up because I'm getting nauseous and I stand up there. I'm like, what? And he's like, wait till he comes to pray for you. And so I had a friend of mine that was like right over there. I said, can you please stand next to me? Because this is going to be really awkward. And so this friend stood next to me. The pastor comes over. And I told this pastor, he starts to pray for me. And I go, can I pray for you? And he's like, sure. And so I quietly pray for him. And I said, God, I ask that you'll just break off the spirit of addiction off of him. I pray that you break the desire for too much alcohol, for all the other things that he's dealing with. And then the Lord starts literally giving me thoughts and ideas that are not my own. I'm like, what is this? By the end of it, I literally speak these words. And I said, if, if you don't listen, within two months, you're going to lose your ministry completely and your marriage. 
And I start weeping, uncontrollably crying and snotting all over the place as I say this. I'm trembling. I'm terrified. Like, why did I just say this? This is so hard for me. I don't want to do this. And I just said, I bless you. And he's like, okay, thank you. And he walked away. And I'm like, God, I feel so stupid. I'm like, what if I missed it? What if I just screwed up so bad? And I'm just kicking myself. Well, I asked the person that knew the pastor. I'm like, is there anything that you know? Because like, I'm now I'm just like really worried about it. He's like, I don't know what's going on. Well, come to find out, two months later, he came out. He ended up having a serious addiction with alcohol, but also drugs. He was seeing multiple prostitutes. He lost his ministry, his marriage, and he even had like a whole issue where he, he was in, I think he went to like a rehab place, and it was horrible. I grieved so deeply, because in that moment, I started realizing just because you get a word from God to give to somebody doesn't mean they're going to listen. And it, it's not on you. It's the Lord saying, I love them so much, I want to talk to them. Just tell them. And you know what? Just because he did and made all the bad choices, I believe God is so good that he's going to find them on the other side and still bring them back. That's how I believe God is. So it's not like, ha-ha, told you, should have listened to God, boom. No, that's not the nature of God. That's not how God works. But discernment happens in different ways. So smelling it's a real thing, guys. It's, it's an awkward thing. Don't start sniffing people. It is not going to go good at reclaimed, okay? They will tell you that's a little flaky. Please leave. So don't do that. But God can speak to you that way. The other thing is, is he will use um, the way we see things. A lot of us think that, okay, I discern, I see this angel and he's walking. Oh, that's great. Good. Sometimes you need to pull it back a little bit. Okay, if you think you see something, usually it's not visibly like like this right here. A lot of times God is using your mind's eye to see something. Okay, your imagination. So if you're like, you know, I got this picture, this thought, this is what came through my mind. A lot of times God's speaking to you and you don't even realize it. Some of you think you're just so smart in your brain that you're a genius in there. And it's God talking to you because he's the genius. Okay, and some of you don't realize he's talking to you because you just think it's you and it's so normal, like Kathy. She has no idea. I, God doesn't talk to me. God talks to her all the time, but she doesn't always realize because it's so normal for her that she doesn't even realize it's God half the time. See what I'm saying? That's how it is. And so I've, ever since I've known Kathy, she's always, she hears from the Lord, but she's like, well, maybe, and that's how it goes. But that's the other thing, hearing from God. How does God talk to us outside of the word? Listen, he will speak to us in our mind. Okay, I get these random things. I've, I've rebuked God as a devil so many times because I thought it was a demon. I'm like, what just came through my brain? That could not be God. And it was God. God just came. He's like, I got something to say to you. I'm like, okay, this is crazy. Why would I just think this number combination? What is going on? It's these random things. And, you know, Allie talked about dreams. One of the coolest dreams I ever had, and I don't know if anybody was here. On, I think Wendy might have been. But there was a senior trip year, and we were on a senior trip, and I had all my seniors, and we're up in a cabin in the mountains, and we're up there, and this, we did it every year. But this one particular year, I went to sleep, and I had this dream. And in this dream, there's literally me. You know how dreams start off in, like, the middle? Like, they never just give you a good start. You're just in the middle of running. You're like, Why? So in the middle of this dream, you know how it is. So I'm like going down this road, and it's the road by the Leesburg Walmart, and it's not a good road, but I'm going down this road, and I'm trying to tell this lady, wait, 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 I got to tell you something, and it's about God, and I, and I got to tell you what he's saying about you. And there's this lady I'm trying to talk to in this dream. She's like, I, I, I really want to hear it, but I have to go. I can't talk right now. And I'm like, well, I'll call you. What's your phone number? So she gives me your phone number. When I wake up, I remember this phone number. So I write it down because I'm just weird and I want to know because I, I investigate way too much. So I decide to search the phone number. Well, I search the phone number and I'm like, what are the odds that this is a real phone number? Well, I searched the phone number and the area code was for California. And I'm like, okay, it was like 8.30 in the morning. I'm like, that's like 5.30 their time. Obviously, I'm not going to try calling now. But I just dismissed it, left it alone. The whole day, it was eating at me like I had to know. Like I needed to know. Like what? I want, I want to call the number. First of all, the lady in the dream, she was in her mid-30s. She had brown hair, and she had a son. And I think the son's name was like Tony or something like that. And I'm like, okay. I was like, if I call this number, most likely it's, you've reached a non-working number. Great. I call it, it's a fax machine. Bring, bring, all that stuff. 
or just it is a number for a business or something random. And I'm like, okay. So that night, it's around 8.30 our time, about 5.30 California time. So I decide to finally get the courage to call the number and try. I want to know. So I go outside on the, on the deck and I call the number and all, all the seniors are kind of peering out the window looking at like, because they know what I'm doing. They're like, well, oh, what's going to happen? So I call and this lady answers the phone on the second ring. I'm like, oh, dear God. <laughs> and I'm like, part of me is like, why did you answer? And I go, I go, hi, how, like, how do you start that conversation? <laughs> and I go, hi, my name's John. I'm actually a pastor in Florida, and I'm on a senior trip with my seniors, and this is going to be the most random phone call you've ever received in your entire life. And she's like, okay. I was like, please just don't hang up. And she starts laughing because I'm being so ridiculous. And I said to her, I said, okay, so for real, I, I hope you're having a good night. She goes, yeah, I'm just cooking dinner. And, you know, she's like in a hurry. And I'm like, okay, listen, here's the deal. Um, I had a dream last night. That's how I got this phone number. Please don't hang up. And I said, in the dream, I'm trying to tell you something about God. And you have a son, and his name is Tony. You're about 35. You have brown hair to your shoulder. And all of a sudden, you hear this dead silence. She goes, who is this? And I go, yeah, I'm John. I'm a pastor in Florida. <laughs> I'm just going through the whole thing again. I'm being so stupid at this point. And I go, I go, so here's the deal. And I literally tell her all these things that I had to tell her in the dream that I don't know about her. But I had to tell her, and I told her, and you can hear her crying on the other side of the line, and you can hear the sizzling of the stuff she's cooking on the stove. And I'm like, are you okay? She goes, you know what? Whatever you're doing, don't ever stop. This was the most incredible phone call I've ever had in my entire life. And I'm like, you know, I'll probably never meet you. But just know how much God loves you, that he would give somebody your phone number in a dream across the country to call you because you're that important to him. She goes, thank you. I said, have a great night. She goes, you too. Click. And that was it. Never talked to her again. I don't have the number saved. I didn't do any of that. I just did what I had and I kept it at that. Now I wish I saved the number because I'd like to call her now. Like I'm looking back going, whatever happened? Whatever, you know, I want to know, but sometimes it's not for us to know. It's real simple. So God will speak to us in so many different ways. A lot of us, we get caught up in, in the exciting things like that. We think that's the thing. We got to arrive to the dream and the phone number. No. Sometimes we don't, we don't give enough credit to the most important way that God speaks to people. And honestly, it's by us being a loving human being to one another. This is one of the most powerful ways that God communicates with people. It's being at a restaurant and literally having somebody stand out to you and you go there and you just love on them and you're normal. I grew up, you know, probably for so many years in a church that was incredible, but it got very crazy in the charismatic world, which is fine. But sometimes you need to reel it in a little bit because you start getting weird. And what happens is you, you lose the touch of being able to communicate with people because we use a whole other language. Like we speak a different language now. You know, the God, God just called me to your heart, and he's such a gracious thing. And people are like, huh? And they're looking at you like you're crazy because you're not communicating like a human being. You're communicating like a super Christian, and you're not realizing, just talk to somebody. Hey, how's it going? Good. That's normal. Be normal. So telling someone, hey, you know what? I was eating lunch, and me and Corey had a really fun time at a Mexican restaurant recently, and we were there eating, and I'm like, and Corey's kind of doing some new things and challenging himself, and I go, so who stands out to you in the restaurant? And he goes, I don't know. I said, well, think about it for a second. So he does, and there was this person at, a, at the table, and he ended up, long story short, at the end of lunch, going over to this table of people sitting there, and he walked over, and, and I told him, just be normal. Because sometimes we put all this pressure on ourselves. Let's just go be normal. Just say, hey, I was eating lunch. And I mean, tell them what you said. You, you know what you said. You tell them. Tell them what you said. Thank you. 
Yeah. Being normal, just being a human. We've, we've actually gotten really, really freaky and weird. Just be normal. Just talk to people. And you don't have to be awkward when you talk to them. Even if you're just saying, you know, like, you know, the awkwardness when you get in the elevator and there's a bunch of people in there, everybody gets in the elevator and they're all dead quiet. I mean, except if you're with my family, like one of them pretends to fart and they're all weird and they do dumb things. But the thing is, is if you're just normal, so if you just break the ice in dead silence and you're crammed in an elevator now that, you know, people are getting in elevators because of COVID, now they're getting in elevators more and they're like, you know, with people, it's okay to say, why are we so quiet? It's the funniest thing. People are like, I don't know. Why are we so quiet? And then they start talking. Like, they were just waiting for somebody to help them, you know? Just be normal and then just laugh. And then when they get out, say, you guys here, what are you guys doing here with their family? You know, you just start talking for a minute. If you open up the door just a little bit, it's incredible how God will just kind of go, here we go, and you're gone. Next thing you know, God is moving and touching their heart. You have to start somewhere, but we're scared to take that first initial jump. You know, it's a little hard. It's a little difficult because we're kind of, we're, some of us are pretty shy. Some of us are more introverted or socially awkward. And that's normal too. That's okay. You don't have to be God's gift to social like interaction. Just be normal. Um, <laughs> Caleb thinks he's like socially awkward. I'm like, Caleb, you're not socially awkward. You're incredible. What are you talking about? Um, so outside of the, the, the five senses, there's the sixth sense that we talked about, which this is where you get into discernment. This is where you get into dreams. This is where you get into what we call words of knowledge. Words of knowledge are the crazy things where you walk up to someone and you know something about them that there's no way you're going to know. And usually there's, a, there's pretty deep details in it. Um, in our youth ministry years ago, like our youth actually were, there was a period where they started getting terrified of me. Because I was like, God was using this gift with me for a little while. That was, I mean, he still does, but it was like on like high. Like we turned it up 100%. Like youth would walk into the building and I would know everything that they did literally that day that was not good. And I'm like, God, this is out of control. I'm like, we can't do this all day. And so a lot of the youth were like, huh. I mean, we had a kid one time walked into the youth. Everybody's, there's like 70 kids. Everybody's like, hey, what's going on? This one particular kid walks into youth. And I'm like, hey, how's it going? As soon as I just like gave him a high five, literally I go, come here. And he goes, what? And I go, give me the drugs. And he goes, what are you talking about? I go, if you lie to me one more time, I'm going to slap you across your face. And he looks at me like, what? I wasn't as loving. It was bad. But he ended up, long story short, he finally like goes, okay. And I took the drugs from him. And then I went over to one of his friends. I said, you too, come here. You got them too. Give me them. And he's like, did you tell him, man? Did you tell him? I said, no, get over here. We went in the bathroom and we made him flush it. And I said, you don't bring that in this place. And you don't do that here. You're better than this. But that right there kind of scares people. And I realized that youth started getting scared. They were scared to start coming to youth. Oh my God, this is not really the approach we're going for here. We want people to come to youth and not be scared of youth. So that was a little hard. I had to start juggling because sometimes we have a word, but we don't have the wisdom on how to deliver it. So I had to start learning the wisdom of how to handle some of the things that I felt like the Lord was telling me. I had to learn. You guys are going to have to do the same thing. First of all, you're going to have to recognize that God is talking to each and every one of you in this room. Okay, all these stories I'm telling you are like the cool highlights. Every day, just normal stuff. Just be normal. Occasionally, you get one of those really cool stories, okay? But you guys, if you look at this church, you look at Reclaimed, the most important thing you can do that most churches are failing to do to grow a church is to actually act this out throughout your week, See, churches want to put programs together, which are fine. But the programs are meant to bring people to a building, bring people to a gathering, get them to come. And they do that. The reality is we're not called to make converts. We're called to make disciples. See, the thing is, though, is when Jesus tells us go out into the world, he's wanting us to go to them. But the church keeps trying to advertise for them to come to the church. 
So we have it kind of backwards a little bit sometimes. Now, it's, again, it's not bad. Like some of the coolest things we are, like Terry, Pastor Terry was incredible. His, his mind for productions is basically nobody can match him. He's incredible. And so he would put on these huge productions, and we'd have the place packed out with thousands of people throughout the weekend and the week coming. That's good stuff. What I'm talking about is the everyday thing that grows the church. Those are good splashes and moments, and God moves. But what about the everyday? Do you know that this church would double every single, every single week if we were just doing the practical? Because people are really intrigued when all of a sudden you're a normal human being with them. They're not used to it. They are not used to it at all. So my challenge for you guys is how do we get from, okay, it's going to be for everybody else to do, and I'm going to go to church because I got my own mess. It's hard enough for me just to get into the church and hang out, let alone walk this out and do this. The truth is you're going to have to kind of take a leap of faith. And I have a video I'm going to actually use, and this is kind of funny because the number one thing that God is going to do to empower you is give you courage and faith. But the enemy always likes to throw some things at us. And not just the enemy, just our very nature sometimes, we tend to be fearful. Sheep actually have a fear issue. Do you know that over in Sussex, there was this, over, overseas, there is this big herd of sheep. There was 116 of them, okay? Then this 116 sheep, the shepherd was taking care of them. Everything's great. But do you know that one day across the way, some of the neighbor dogs got out? And they didn't touch the sheep, but they surrounded the sheep barking and terrorizing them. Do you know that all 116 sheep in 10 minutes dropped dead? They all dropped dead of fear. Some of them were pregnant. I mean, these are, these are sheep. Fear is a crippling thing for all of us. So it's very scary sometimes for us to do something new or to step out. And it's very hard when there's a lot surrounding us and we're like, what is this? Oh my goodness. We have to know that we're safe with the shepherd. Okay? So I want to just show you this video. It's, um, I don't know if you, you guys, most of you guys should know who Will Smith is. I'm not promoting Will Smith as a Christian. I'm not promoting Will Smith as thus saith the Lord kind of guy. I'm just saying what he spoke here was really cool. And I liked it. And I want you guys just to see it. I think it's safe. Hopefully it is. And we'll, uh, we'll play that. So whoever's playing it, go for it. Second, 
you realize, you realize that it's that the most, the most blissful, blissful experience, experience of your, your life. life. You're lying. lying. That the, that the point of maximum, maximum danger, danger is the point, is the of, point minimum of minimum fear. fear. The lesson, the lesson for me was, why were you scared in your bed the night before? What do you need that fear for? Everything, Everything up, up to, to stepping, stepping out, out, there's actually, there's actually no, no reason to be scared. And, and then in that moment, moment, all of a sudden, where you should be terrified, terrified is the most blissful experience of your life. Of your life. And, and God, God placed the best the things, best things in, life in life on the other side, other side of, fear. of fear. And I think this is what's happening with us when we step out to talk to people. So... Yeah, you can kill that. You're good. So I think this is what happens. We are literally on the edge of sometimes speaking to someone or, you know, we give them a word, whatever you want to call it, or just talking with people. And we are discrediting the fact that God is talking to us. So like in this room tonight, many of you may have been, I guess I say God is talking to you and you didn't even realize it. And I would venture to say probably half the room God was speaking to you and you didn't even realize. If not the whole room God was speaking to you, I'm sure he was speaking to all of us. But some of us were very busy in here. And we get so busy in here, we really don't have time to listen to anything else. And we haven't learned how to defrag our brains and how to just say, okay, stop. Just stop. And, and what Will Smith was saying, that's kind of the night before. We just, our brains are constantly going, what are we doing later? What's tomorrow? I don't have work. Okay, it's a holiday. I do have work. I don't. All of these things are going through our brain. Okay, I'm hungry, I didn't eat, I want to do, that's just normal. We have to learn how to push that out and say, okay, God, what are you doing? And one of the things that we would realize is, is if God is talking to us, that means usually it's not just for us, which it is a lot of times, but it's also for others. What if tonight someone stood out to you in this room and you don't know why? Like, why did I keep looking to this person? And then that person looks at you and then it feels weird? Does that ever happen? Like you're looking at somebody like, why am I staring at this person? A lot of times the reason you're drawn to that person, it's not because you're being awkward or a creeper. It's because there's something that God is trying to show you that you're not seeing. God is trying to tell you something. And we don't pay attention to this. It's happening all the time. So if someone stands out to you in the room, it's real simple. Say, God, why are they standing out to me? A lot of the times we'll look at somebody and we'll have a thought. And we think back to our own genius complex. We think it's us just being us. Some of us are critical inside of our brains. We judge people inside our brains and no one ever knows how bad we are, but we do it. Get, get rid of that. Get rid of that. Push it all out and just say, no, no, no. That's not how God thinks about people. That's not God. Because you read the words, you know that's not how he is, okay? But all of a sudden, somebody stands out to you and you're like, Why? And then you might get a picture, you might get an emotion, you might get a thought, and it could be just simply to pray for that person. Or sometimes it's just to encourage them. You know, tonight I met, I met someone, Ashlyn, and I was like, I, don't, I mean, I know, I'm sorry, I don't want to embarrass you, but I didn't know who Ashlyn was, and I literally went over there and spoke to her and shared things with her that I was like, God loves her, by the way, y'all. Like, God has something so special for her. And the thing that the Lord had me speak was very simple, nothing like, oh my gosh, I know your birthday and I know this, this, and this. None of that. It was real simple. It was, you're a dancer and you are now stepping into a new form of worship in your dance and you're going to actually learn something beautiful and special as you break through in atmospheres and you're going to learn to dance in worship beyond what you've ever known. But I just saw you dancing and I don't know you. Now, everybody else might know Ashlyn and know she dances, but this weirdo doesn't know her. So for her, that's cool because God just wanted to talk to her and encourage her. That's simple. That's loving. That's kind. That's encouragement. See, that's how God works. But a lot of us are waiting. To, like if we walk up to somebody and like we go, okay, I wanna, I'm going to tell you something. Here's, here's your son's name and here's, here's how old they are and here's this. And we start doing all that with people. We get, we get nervous. So like right now, even as I walk around, they're like, oh, God, is he going to say something to someone? See how your brain thinks? Like, that's how your brain thinks. You're freaking out right now. What if he comes up to me and says this about me in front of everybody? Learn this. If you ever go to a church and they, the pastor, the preacher, the, the self-proclaimed prophet, whoever they are, 
all of a sudden tries to air out your dirty laundry in front of everyone, know that that's not how God does it. Don't ever be scared when God is speaking to you publicly because he's not there to embarrass you. He's there to honor, uplift, and edify you. But we have become so scared of that kind of word because we've seen it abused and we've seen it done wrong. Or we've never seen it before and it's kind of spooky. I mean, it is. It's a little creepy if somebody comes up to you and they don't know who you are and they tell you things about yourself. You're like, what is this? Is he a psychic? No, he's not. He loves God and God's just telling you what he feels about you. And it was crazy. I mean, beautiful things. So a lot of times I'll get, if I get something for someone, I walk up to them and I do it privately. It's not about the big show. And people that do that, they're exploiting things sometimes. Be careful. If you get a word for somebody, be normal. Like, I don't walk up to somebody and go, the Lord says, chill out. Seriously, chill out. Just walk up and say, hi, my name's John. How are you? What's your name? Introductions, basic common sense, right? Talk to people. But we need to learn how God's speaking to us. So what I want you guys to do is I want to challenge you with something. So stop freaking out. Golly, you can feel their brains. It's so crazy. He's like, what is he going to make me do? Man, some of y'all have PTSD from some charismatic churches. we got to pray for you. I'm so sorry. My heart just left. As soon as I said that, fear came right in the room. What is that? Stop. Just stop. Remember, he's a good God, right? And we're not going to do anything weird or hokey or trying to embarrass anybody. What I'm telling you to do tonight is simple. You're not going to be put on the spot. You're not going to be put in a weird position. I want you just to be still for a minute, and I want you to validate the reality that God is speaking. That's it. I want you to acknowledge that he's speaking. So Caleb, I'd like you to do something for me. Can you come on the guitar? I want you to do this. And this is very basic, but sometimes it's hard for us to grasp. I want us to start literally understanding what prayer is and what prayer is not. So prayer is a conversation. It's talking and it's listening. My prayer life is 90 5% listening now. I know that sounds crazy, but what happens is, is I want to listen to what he has to say. Because what happens for me is I end up talking thinking he doesn't already know what I'm going to tell him. And I waste all of this extra time for no reason. I like the disco in there. I want to go in there. That looks fun. <laughs> Do you see it? The lights are like flickering. Because I knew something was wrong because Terry, he has this look. He goes, and then Kathy looks at Terry, like, Ter? Who's doing that, you know? Yeah, Ter, <laughs> so I love it. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a minute. First of all, a lot of you guys have had to deal with different things. I'm going to say something really quickly about spiritual things. Is the enemy real? Yes. Is there such thing as a demonic realm? Yes. Are you fighting against spiritual wars and things like that? Yes. But the demonic realm has not even a small inkling of an opportunity to take you out when you're with the shepherd, okay? The problem is the church got so fascinated, myself included, with the demonic is because we literally walked so far away from the shepherd because we were so intrigued with what we were into that then it started getting weird and got, oh, what's this? And we started getting scared of like demons and then demons started showing. Demons are real. They do... They do cause ruckuses. I'm not denying that. But what I'm saying is stay close to the shepherd and a demonic issue is quickly resolved. You have nothing to be scared of. Nothing to fear. I can tell you thousands of stories, but I don't want to strike fear in your heart. There's nothing to be scared of. Okay? Know that the loving God that we serve is so powerful and so caring and so kind, he'll take care of it. So what I want you to do is I want you to take a minute. I want you to defrag your brain. This is hard. This means you're going to get rid of all these crazy random thoughts that you have. Now, they're going to come in because that's how we are. We're just weird. We're wired that way. So all of a sudden, we're going to be still. And for a minute, you'll be okay. You'll kind of be in the zone. And then this thought comes through. It's okay. Just laugh at yourself and push it out. Just okay. No, no, no. Here we go. Try again. But I want you to learn how to be still. In our culture, we don't know how to be still. We don't know how to just rest for a minute. And I want you to do it. Now, this is not some kind of new age meditation. I'm just trying to get you guys to just relax for a second, okay? So just close your eyes because this helps you because we're distracted by things we see, smell, hear, all of that. But let's just for a second simply just be still. And when things come through your brain, 
that are of your busyness or whatever distraction. Just say, God, I want to focus on you better. I want to hear you. And say, God, let's pray. Let's talk. And I want to listen. Heavenly Father, I know that your sheep will know your voice. But I think they're having a hard time, some of them. Can you do me a favor? Could you help them? Can you just give them a minute to, to know that you're interacting with them, whether it's a feeling, whether it's a simple word, whether they emotions begin to change or anxiety begins to break off. So no fear, no worry, no strangeness, just be still. He's faithful. And if there's something that you're like, man, I screwed up, and you're condemning yourself with, go ahead and tell the Lord that and just say, God, forgive me. I give that to you. I'm sorry. I renounce it. And it's simple. Go and sin no more. He loves you. Move on. It's okay. So God, open the ears and the mind and the eyes to just be open to what you're saying. And because we're learning, I want, I want you just to keep your eyes closed just because it's kind of a safer place sometimes for others. But if you hear right now something that you're like, I think God might just be speaking to me something. Would you just put your hand up for a minute? I just want to see who's having that interaction. Awesome, awesome. Good. Jesus, would you help the room to have the faith to believe that you want to talk to them? Give them the faith to believe. So I'm going to say this. I hear things sometimes. I'm just going to speak it. Some of you are having a really hard time in the area of the interaction and the closeness with God. Whether I keep hearing it's been a, like a death of a parent or a death of someone close to you, and it was something that you've had a hard time with, and you've connected that to God. I'm just going to tell you, you can't do that. Just because it didn't go the way you wanted to, don't think that God did it. Don't think that he was about that. And if you're asking why, just know that he does care and he loves and he weeps with us. It's not about the fact that he doesn't and that it's, he didn't care. He cares. You're not alone. Heal the hearts, God. And it's funny, I see some of you too, you're on that, you're on the edge of the plane and you're getting ready to take a step. And some of you, your step was literally maybe lifting your hands to worship for the first time because you've never been a part of something like that. That's beautiful. But don't stop. There's more. Maybe the next thing that happens is there's a shout that you lift up out of your, your own mouth, of your voice. You begin to release a shout. Maybe that's what's next for you. Or maybe you pray over somebody publicly out loud for the first time where you're terrified. You're like, I don't know what to say. Just say what you feel. Say, Jesus, I want this person to have joy. Amen. It's real simple. We forgot how to be normal. Just be normal. God, I ask that reclaim that this house will not only recognize your voice, but they will be so activated and so in love and so just enthronged with the reality of who you are that they would want to share that with others in the sense of just being normal. God, when people come into these church doors and they walk in here and they, they walk into the dance studio that's been made over, that they would look at people coming in and they would realize that they have worth and value. I pray, God, that no one would be able to rest when they're out to eat that they'll just be ruined every time. That the waitress or the waiter 
or the person that they meet in work, they'll just be changed because they have to talk to them and encourage them and be kind. Just remember when that time comes and you talk to somebody, you don't have to be scared. You're not trying to tell them the deepest, darkest secrets. You're just trying to tell them that they're important and they have worth and they're valued. Whether they had a smile that lit up a room and you want to tell them that that really made your day and that they can change people's lives because of how they carry themselves. Speak life into them. Be that. It's simple. And you'll be surprised. All of a sudden, you're on a journey, and next thing you know, God's speaking to you, and it's out of control. It's wild. Just take the first steps. So what I'm going to have you do is I'm going to have you open your eyes, and I'm just going to have you look around the room and look at all these people and don't feel weird. Just look at them. And if they look at you, just smile at them. It's okay. Just look at them. See, everybody in this room gives off a different impression, okay? So there's some people like, I'm really uncomfortable. It's okay. Body language tells a lot. Be sensitive to that. The worst thing you can do is walk up to somebody that looks terrified to be in the room and be like, hi, how are you? Oh my goodness, don't do that. Settle down. Be gentle. And then some people are the go-getters, the life of the party. I mean, those people are just always out there. They're crazy. They're wild. Those people can stress me out. But those people are great. I'm not. I'm more introverted than you think. Don't take this as who I really am all the time. So the reality is, is you want to approach them and have fun with them, talk to them. So even here, we got people that are just interacting. That's good. Maybe there's somebody in this room that caught your eye tonight. Maybe. Things that I prayed, it was funny. I prayed for people in this room. I'll never know. I'll never know if that's what it was. Maybe I didn't go up to them. Maybe I will. But you know what? I want you to know that God is talking to you and that this journey with God is not boring. It's really an adventure and it's exciting. I promise you this place would not be able to contain the people if you guys just for one week went out and interacted. Those people will hunt you down and find you. They want to know who is that person that talked to me? Who are you? And they think it's you. And then next thing you know, they're falling in love with the one that's in you, who's Jesus. But a lot of times we don't allow anybody to see Jesus in us because he's ours. I'm going to heaven now. He's mine. Jesus is still wanting to touch people. Jesus is still wanting to love on people. He's still wanting to care for them. What do we do? A lot of us don't even know how to love people because their sin scares us. Why? Those are the people Jesus wants to hang out with and go love on and touch. Last time I checked, Jesus sat with all of them. So we need to learn this. God is speaking. So here's how I'm going to end. Remember this. The biggest obstacle you're going to face is stepping out. That fear. I don't know if this is God. Well, take the pressure off yourself. Here's a great example. This is not a word from God. This is just an example. This is not real. So I look at Caleb, and I think Caleb is, is you know, he's dealing with, tremendous insecurities and fears and and I don't know him and I'm like okay I get that he, he I think he's insecure I think he's got all these fears and this and that I'm like if I walk up to him and say that I think God says that you're dealing with insecurity and fear that's not how you do it okay none of that is really the way to help what you do is you walk up to Caleb and I would say to Caleb hi how you doing my name is John and I say what's your name he said Caleb and I would say Caleb you know what I could not stop like just looking across the room, every time I looked, I'm like, I saw you. I'm like, what is the deal with this guy? And he'd look, okay, you're kind of weird. And then I would say, the reality is, you are much more than you realize. And I want you to have more confidence than you ever had in your life. I want you to have more encouragement than you ever had because you need to know how important you are. So see what I'm doing? I'm speaking the very opposite of what I feel the Lord is telling me he's dealing with. 
now it's completely safe. You can't screw up. You see what I'm saying? You can't mess up. Now, if God decides then to open the door further, sometimes they'll literally break down and start crying right in front of you. That's when you can say, why are you crying? And then they start opening up with what's going on. But what's more important, that you called out their darkness or that you spoke life over them and the darkness had to come out because light hit it? What is more important? A lot of us got so carried away with, I can point out your darkness. Ha! God knows. Fear of the Lord. We're missing the ministry. We're missing the love. We're missing the real power of God, which is based in love. Do we love the person or do we love the gift more than the person? Because a lot of times we want to love that gifting because we're so proud that we did it, where we didn't even care about the person. So start with basics. You can't mess up. The worst happens is you told them they're important and they needed to be encouraged and you just care about them. That's the worst that happens. And they don't like it. Okay, moving on. It doesn't hurt. But you're like, well, how do I know that's God and that's not me? Well, how do you know that it's not God and it's, that it isn't you? So you can have that argument all day long. But if, if it's good and if it's loving and if it's caring, it's got to be from the Lord because honestly, we know ourselves. Ourselves, personally, we're really not that wonderful. I mean, at least I'm not. I'm the worst. And so, like, maybe Victoria's perfect, but I'm just like, I'm not. Everybody seems so loving and so kind, and, and inside sometimes we're like, we're not so great in there. So when we do that, that's the nature of God. But will we do it? Will we? If we don't, what are we, in essence, doing? We're saying, Holy Spirit, come live in here, and I will hold you prisoner. And I will not allow you to touch anyone but me. That's not the way to do it. Holy Spirit, live in here. Fix this mess. Continue to encourage me because I need it. But I also want to be the hands and the feet. I want to be the mouthpiece. I want to be the eyes, the ears. I want to know. So I want to encourage you. And this is going to be hard for you. But this is going to be the week that you do it. I want every single person in this room every single one to do this with one person that you do not know now I know you can do it with people you know those are bonus points not that there's points but that's good but what you're going to do is you're going to do this with one person you do not know and if you don't want anybody around you when you do it because you're scared of being a mess up and embarrassed then don't do it just do it by yourself out in the middle of nowhere do it be normal and what I want you to do is I want you just to write it down. Say, I met this person. This was their name. And God just wanted to speak something this way. It was real simple. I just said, you're incredible. And thank you for brightening my day. Like, you just encouraged them. Something simple. Write it down. Pray for them the rest of the week. Look for opportunities that God might open the door right in that minute. Be ready. Because most of you, it'll start to happen. But this week, you're going to do that. You're going to write it down. Then you're going to pray for that person throughout the week. Then what I want you to do is I want you to share your encounter with someone at Reclaimed. I want you to share what you did. So don't come back in here being like, well, I didn't do it. I had a busy week. Nah, nah, nah. That's lazy. Don't do that. I don't know. I'm still questioning. Nah, 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 nah. We're not playing all this excuse stuff. You're better than that. If anybody knows me, they know I like to push you. I'm the guy that's going to push you out the airplane and laugh because I know you're going to be okay, but I'm excited that you're on the journey. So I know you're going to be okay, but I'm pushing you. Go. This is what this entire area is missing. Do you understand? People have, people have seen our banners. They've seen our bumper stickers. They've heard what we've chanted, and yet they don't want to come. They don't want to be around. They know who we vote for politically, but they don't know about who we serve morally and internally. See, we're really good at standing for things that we can fight for. But can we stand for someone who's already won the battle? Because all we're doing is loving and treating people kindly. So this week, every single one in this room, so like, how are you gonna, how are you gonna make me? I'm not. You're gonna want to. Because some of y'all are stubborn. I can already hear it. What are you going to do? You're going to check? Maybe I will. Maybe I'll ask you. I don't know. But it's not something you have to do. It's something you get to do. 
How many of you guys are naturally shy? Just raise your hands. Naturally shy. Some of you are so shy, you're like, I can't raise my hand. <laughs> okay, I saw it. <laughs> this girl, right? she's so sweet. She was like, it was awesome. So here's the deal. If you're naturally shy, this might be hard for you. Don't make it complicated. Some of you are not shy. How many of you guys are like, I'm good? Anybody here? Yeah, Kathy, you're good. I'm good. No problem. You guys do two people. So everybody else, one person. <laughs> But here's what you do. Step out and do it. I know, you're, I know it's hard. And remember this, and I'll, I'll kind of say this to you. It's important as we close, because I don't want to send you off and you fall out the plane and have no parachute. So make sure that you realize it doesn't hinge on the right words. So people that give their life to Jesus, do you know that's a supernatural thing? You can actually get up there and completely obliterate what you were trying to say and make no sense at all, and they still want to give their life to Christ. Why? Because it's a supernatural thing. A friend of mine went into a, went to a, he was on vacation, went into a store, guy's at the, the counter, and he's like, I got to go back in. He goes back to the counter. He's like, man, God just put you on my heart. The guy goes, I ain't gay. He goes, no, 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 no. This is the interaction he's having. So he's already messed up. He's like, oh, no. He goes, no, but... I just, I felt like, I just felt like God is just softening my, my heart and my emotions towards you. And the guy's like, you're weird because he was being all weird with Christian talk. And he goes, okay, literally God thinks you're important. And he wants me to tell you how important you are. I'm on vacation with my family. He totally screwed up. So now he's just staying whatever. Next thing you know, this guy starts crying behind the counter. Well, my friend's like, I don't get this. How is this happening? The guy gives his life to Christ. He didn't do anything right. He messed up everything. He embarrassed himself. He embarrassed his church. He embarrassed his ministry. Like his wife didn't even want to be around. It was so embarrassing. But the guy still gave his life to the Lord. You know why? Because it's a supernatural thing that God does in spite of us. God uses donkeys. He uses messed up people. He uses people that are really shy, that can't talk. None of us here are out. We are all in. I encourage you, even tonight before you leave, encourage someone in this room. Before you run out there and go do what you're going to do, take two minutes and say, okay, I want to practice on you. Can I practice? Like, that's normal. Be normal. Just say, I think God might have told me something. I don't know, but I want to try. Can I try? Be normal. Just be honest. We forgot how. So I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to bless you. If you have questions, I'd love to answer them. I wanted to give you just a touch of ideas. I, have, I could go on for days. I don't want to do that to you. So let's just pray. I'll send you guys out of here. And I want to hear, if you see me, please come tell me if you had an encounter. It just encourages me. I just want to know about it. Please tell anybody here at Reclaimed and share with them the simplest thing, the simplest thing. So Father, I thank you for each person in this room. I thank you that fear is being broken off of hearts in this room and minds. I thank you that worry is not going to be an issue. I thank you that peace is reigning within their minds and their hearts. I thank you that practical living with you by your spirit is going to become normal. And I just speak this over each person here. Father, that reclaimed will live up to its name. And will begin to go out there and literally just love people in a normal way. Bringing them back, or maybe for the first time, bringing them in to the kingdom. So God, give them strength. Be with the ones that are a little more shy, a little more introverted, a little more terrified at times. Strengthen them. Let them realize it's beyond them, that God's just faithful and good. And we bless each one of you here tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, thank you guys. Good night. Have a wonderful night. And talk to somebody. All right. <laughs>